Hello everybody, this is my first podcast, so if I stutter a bit, stutter a bit, like, don't mind, please. Okay, so today's topic is to talk about negative and positive people. Now, there are two types of people in this world, negative people and positive people. So, the, so once I was in the bus stop, basically waiting for the bus, there were two parents with their children. There was a woman who was cleaning the streets, and so one parent like basically one parent was telling their child like if if he doesn't study then he'll become like her but the other one was telling her child that if she studies she will become she can you know make a world the world a better place for the the people like poor people basically so the contemporary trend in education is to tell each and every child that they can be a lawyer, a surgeon, an astronaut, right? And they just have to put their mind to do it and work hard and they can be really, really smart and make lots and lots of money and live happily ever after. And not only can they, but they have to because parents force their children to study, basically. There are many parents in this world who want their children to be doctors. Now, I don't know, but my parents do. So basically, I don't have interest in becoming a doctor, but if that's what my parents want, then I don't have a problem though. So, like basically, if you have a class of 30 students, I give my left ball that all 30 of them have the mental capacity to become a lawyer. There is no way that all of them have even the basic organizational skills needed to manage their studies to become a doctor. A good percentage of them does a good percentage of them don't even have the basic math skills to balance their own checkbook or make the changes for a 37 dollar purchase. You think they can handle the calculus needed to become an astrophysic, whatever, like basically. So what happened to a learning trade? Basically, what I'm trying to say is we should not force our children to do anything. Okay, so a wise man once said that if you do something that is in your interest that you take interest into you won't be working any day of your life and i mean this is true like i write i like writing so if i become an author it's my personal like personal hobby so there it's not like i will be working but like i'm gonna enjoy working that basically that's what i mean that's what i'm trying to say i recently read a book i I cannot tell you the name because I forgot it, but one thing, one quote really stuck to me. So the quote went like this, worrying is like riding a tiger. If you can stay on the top of it, you will enjoy the ride. If you get off, the tiger will eat you. This is a very deep, this is very deep, honestly, like really, really deep. So let me explain this to you. I don't know if this uh, if I'm wrong or right, but what I learned from this is see, it's not like everybody everybody is happy. Everybody everyone has some or the other problems of their own, right? So 
I think that we should enjoy life. What, like at one point, if we start worrying about every small thing, then we cannot enjoy our life. This, I don't think this is what the, you know, quote means. But like this, is a really small thing that many people do. We waste so much time in crying. We can do so much. We sh- like basically, whenever. I'm writing a book. Whenever I'm starting for doing something, starting to do something, then I just don't. Basically, not only me, but everyone around me too. I'm sure you do this mistake too. Whenever you are starting off with something, everyone knows that nothing can be done the easy way. You have to work hard. But whenever I'm writing a book or I'm doing anything. Just uh, this thought, like I haven't started the task, task, but in my mind there is like, what will I get from doing the task? Now that probably stops me from doing the task because most of the time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'll be rich if I do this. I'll be rich if I do that. I will get this if I'll do that. I will do, get this if I do this. Like this is so stupid. Why? Sh- Why should I just waste my time on something that I'll never get if I will not work the hard, the or the hard way? See, uh, what I'm trying to say is to make you guys understand that we should not waste time. Now there are 24 hours a day, but minus the 12 hours, because 12 hours are night and 12 hours are day. So basically. Now, if you have to adjust your time, you base barely have like two, three hours for your own for your own hobbies, for growing your hobbies, finding who you really are. So, so I don't know why people watch YouTube. Why do they waste time when they know that they have got something to do? Now this happened with me. I had a lot of homework once, but I didn't want to do it, even though I knew I had to do it, but I didn't. So, if you have something to do, if you have something pending, then why, like, why should you be just so relaxed about everything going on when you have your own problems? Now, a wise man once said that. See, like caring for yourself is not selfish at all. But you, sh- but you should care for yourself. If basically, oh sorry, I meant you should care for others too. But that doesn't mean you should forget about yourself. If people say that you are selfish by caring your caring about yourself, they are the one who are wrong. There are a lot of negative people, a lot of people who are jealous of your success. They just put a smile and show that they are happy for your success. Well, but they are not. You need to leave these kind of people, and you know, live your life. Um, I mean, I covered a lot in this video. I mean, in this podcast, and I'll, I guess I'll see you guys with a next different and better podcast. In my next podcast, this is so stupid. Okay, take care in this coronavirus thing, and bye.
everybody, the next topic is basically this whole episode revolves around this book known as known as the F Nose. It's by Shalender Shalender Singh. He is the founder of Uber. Basically. That's what it says on the back of the book. I'm sorry if it's wrong. So today's topic is hundred percent. Do things with hundred, like do things hundred percent. Okay, let me read this chapter. This is the best chapter I found in this book. Honestly, I think so. So I thought I should share it with you guys. So let's start the chapter. Do things with all your heart. Do them with. Do them with as much in- intensity as you are capable of. Anything done half-heartedly, anything done half-heartedly, will never bring bring you joy. It will only bring my misery, anxiety, and tension. Whenever you do anything half-heartedly, you're dividing yourself into two parts. You are leaving room for your mind to pick up a fight with your heart. There will be conflict within you. Your heart will run left, and your mind will run right. In short, you'll create hell for yourself. F knows why we live most of our life divided in our thoughts and actions. Why we choose to create a hell for ourselves, whether it be relationships or work. How often do we fully commit to something? We always doubt. We always hesitate. We fear. Fear. Feel. F- wait. We fear failure. We fear rejection. We fear the hard work and pain it may take to get what we want. Fear holds us back from giving us our hundred percent. We keep aside that twenty to thirty percent to plan that an escape route, to prepare excuses, to be able to say, "Well, I didn't try my hardest." So, fear comes only from mind. The heart knows what it wants. When you only listen to your heart, you are automatically of one mind. If you follow your heart, then you will give a hundred percent. It doesn't matter what you are doing as long as you do it with all your heart. It will bring you joy. Who knows what is right and what is wrong in this life? Sometimes the right way looks damn wrong, and when you get to the end, and sometimes the wrong way ends up seeing. Seeming very right to everyone else involved, God knows. God only knows. So then, why not commit to every action you choose without doubt, doubt, and without fear of it being wrong? Life can be difficult. Don't complicate it further by living in two minds about everything. One mind led by one heart, one choice, one hundred percent effort, one result, joy. Now the reason. I read this whole chapter is because this book is a very, very deep. So what I'm trying to explain in this chapter is like you should do everything with your full heart because whenever you do something with your half heart, like in which you're not really interested, in which you're not really, you know. Trying to do it, like you're not doing it with your full heart. That means you are not really trying to do it, and you don't have interest in it. So basically, when you do anything with your full heart, you have interest in it. And when you have interest in it, completing that task brings you great joy. So recently, I wrote a book. So basically, after finishing that book, you know, I felt great joy because I, like, it's writing is one of my greatest hobbies, and I just love writing. 
And when I finished my first ever book that I was gonna publish in Kindle, of course, because of coronavirus, because I couldn't just wait to accomplish it, and it brought me such great joy. So basically, I posted on social media about it, and like then some people just, you know, some haters. There are always haters in your life. If you wanna know more about positive and negative people. Listen to my, you know, previous podcast. So basically, they were saying it's not very big of a deal, but to me, is it? It is, cause you know, I like to do it, and that's my hobby. So to me, it is a good job. But you know, I mean, to me, it is a very big task because I have completed it. I've accomplished my dream, one of my dream. I have taken one step. You know, every big thing. Every big thing starts from a single step. So if you don't do the first step, if you stop at the first step, how are you gonna follow your heart, follow your mind? You know. I guess that's pretty much it for this podcast. And but、uh, this is, as you know, this is a whole series. So I'm gonna be doing another podcast soon. And when this whole series is finished, I'm going to be publishing it, basically posting it here. This app. So have a great day and please stay safe. Stay safe and bye. Okay, hello everybody, and this is my third podcast. And no, so previously in my previous podcast, I told you guys that this whole podcast series revolves around this book known as the Ethnos. So I found another really, really great chapter in it, and it's known as it's titled "F knows where our where our values are." So let's start with the chapter because it's amazing. I've read it, and I think everyone should know about it. Know about the values, how world has changed, you know. So. We used to admire surgeons and scientists and inventions, brilliant minds that healed, discovered, and created. Now we worship actors, sportsmen, and socialities, good-looking people who entertain, perform, and go to parties. We used to respect and admire great thinkers, philosophers with original theories about the meaning of life, writers who could inspire us to look at the world from a different perspective. Phys- Physicists who had a theory and an atom particle named after them. We admired politicians who captained our nations and upheld the idea ideals of its people. Nowadays, our society worships packaged icons, billionaires who have to pay famous women to date them so that no one knows they are gay, Bollywood actors whose movies are flops. But who are still on the A list because of a notable surname, politicians, politicians who have longer police records than those locked up in the prison. Don't get me wrong, there has always been great admirations for actors, pretty women, and the rich, and therefore the famous. The individuals became icons because they were creating brilliant content. When you consider today's celebrities, the pop culture's heroes, what have the most what have most of them achieved besides being well photographed socialities? 
What are they contributing to the country or to the culture? What legacy will they leave behind? Not so long, we valued, valued content. In the 90s, product was king, but in the 21st century, packaging is God. Surrounded, surround anyone with glamour, glitz, gossip, controversies, sleaze, and you can make them a star. Case in point, the Kardashians, the its home of current pop culture values famous for being famous i understand this phenomenon is phenomena is better than most i've actually done it i have made superstars out of very ordinary people i didn't set out to do it it wasn't my passion or aim, but I simply found myself guiding people towards celebrity status. I also found out I was really effing good at it. They didn't have to be intelligent, creative, or even talented. They just had to be not ugly and have future enough money. Fame is all about the media, and the media is for sale. When I started creating personal brands a decade ago, you could decent discreetly buy a story on page three now you can buy stories in the entertainment sports business and domestic news sessions headlines are designed or at least prior prioritized on the basis of their entertainment content sorry i've been really nervous recently i don't know why okay or at least prioritized on the basis of their entertainment Quotient. It was about five years ago that I realized that 40% of our daily news is dedicated to building the brands of personalities and social icons rather than to actual journalism. I don't blame the celebrities. They are just scattering to the demands of the consumers. The crowds demand, demand, demand them. The masses consume them. They lust after larger-than-life persons personas the general public aspires to someday be as famous as these personas they want their every move to be watched they want their every action to be domestic documented documented their photo to appear in the tabloids every few days they just don't have enough money to buy it or if they do have enough money they are not exactly sure how to spend it or get the desired result I have seen many people, many a new rich, newly rich gentleman spend a shitload of money on a pompous or seven star party with a socialite only guest list. He was hoping to be photographed in their company, but he found himself he found himself spliced out of every photo in the editing room. He spent his money on the crystal and the caviar, but his guests wrote their checks to the tabloids to ensure that their own photos were printed. The rich guy created an experience and a chance for everyone else to show up on the page three, but he didn't progress in establishing himself as a brand. If you have got ten, ten thousand US dollars and two weeks, I can turn you into a decently recognizable brand. I would I would do all the work for you and you and describe you as a, in a unique and in-depth and an amazing manner basically. Then buy a few strategically placed articles and
several newspapers to clear them and write to the right parties and introduce you to a few photojournalists who will guarantee that you continue to be noticed. I'll give you the cue to walk on the red carpet, teach you the right expressions to use at the right moment, arrange a few guest appearances at the fashion show, and you are a society celebrity. Again, don't get me wrong, this is not the case for everyone that I have worked with. See, so as I'm an Indian, I had a good fortune of building brands for Ashwarya Rai, who has been the Miss Universe, and a few other Indian celebrities, just to name a few. Really talented people who work their asses off and truly deserve the iconic status that they have achieved. And lots of talented people that I haven't worked with also. No one can deny that Shah Rukh Khan has been completely dedicated to giving his audience what it wants. Katrina Kaif has been put in tremendous time and effort to learn Hindi as she is not an Indian. Vidya Balan got fat for a role. Yes, I mean, she actually ate so much food so that she could get fat. My question is, when you open the newspapers, how come you don't read about the V.S. Ram Chandran's fascinating discoveries about the human brain? Why aren't parties throw, thrown to celebrate the 77th old you know, seven like basically the birthdays of old architects who designed such big places or for other important people. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. The general society has really, really changed. Changed. See, India is a country driven. Not only India, every country is driven by passion, tradition, and a unique culture. So. When did, he, when did we forget to worship the real heroes? Okay, okay, I know I cut this chapter short because I was getting really breathless. I'm not really used to reading loud. So, I mean, that's pretty much it for this episode, for this podcast. I'm so sorry. But yeah, that's it. And bye. Stay safe.